0: Raw t- raw t- Hello everybody and welcome to Broomwagoon, your weekly dose of bicycles and bicycle stories, together with you Stefano, Calamaro, myself, that is having this group ride together with his two sponsors Wahoo and Isador. Thanks guys, you are always the best. But I know you guys, my listeners, to send me emails and feedbacks and comments and questions because next week is going to be Tip Top Tuesday and I need to know what is making you lose your sleep or what you want to throw out from your chest. Let me know where. Hello at calamara.cc, that's my email. Instagram account, bam, that's something new over here in town. I changed my name at the end thanks to a lot of feedbacks that i receive feedbacks i don't know how to say it. feedbacks that i received. so now you can find me on instagram at instagram.com slash calamaro cc it's like my you know it's like my website calamaro CC without the dot calamaro cc instagram.com slash calamaro cc that's my instagram account there you will find all my images and all the cool stuff that i do during the weekend, mostly. Twitter is always the same. Twitter.com slash Read Calamaro. You are gonna be there also to read my stuff. So Read Calamaro, I think, is the same. Repeat. Instagram.com slash Calamaro CC, Instagram. Twitter.com slash Read Calamaro. That's my Twitter. And you have Spreaker. Spreaker.com slash Listen Calamaro is my account where all my episodes are hosted, but they are hosted also on Apple Podcasts. Just go there, go in your iTunes, go on your Apple Podcasts, or just write on Google, Apple Podcasts, vagoon and you will find my episode. Remember, push on the subscribe button if you want to listen to my voice every week. But today is one of those interview episodes, not the one that I'm talking by myself. Fortunately, I had the pleasure to talk with Iris Lapendel, and uh, we had a great talk with Iris Lapendel. I would only say one thing, and then I would let you discover why our talk. Cyclists? Alliance. Another episode and another amazing interview. Today I will talk with, uh, let's see, Iris Zlappendel. Is it correct, Iris?
1: Um, I would say Slapendel, but...
0: Zlappendel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I also makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> so, Iris Slapendel. Are you doing, Iris?
1: Hey, good morning. I'm doing uh, good, yeah. I'm happy to be uh,
0: on your podcast, so thanks yeah thank you to be here for me early in the morning for you as you told me super normal thing yeah just for the records is the case to say uh, we are recording early in the morning from my apartment so we are actually in connection via browser I am at my apartment and outside there are construction works so maybe guys you can hear some uh, drilling machine and stuff Uh, also sorry for you iris if you're starting hearing something like somebody drilling on my wall and hearing myself screaming no worries uh, could happen i will try to fix the situation
1: okay i'll just keep talking
0: (laughs) great i will try to mute something or i will just drop the microphone into i don't know clothing or cushions so we'll see Perfect. So, okay, why I'm interviewing you, Iris? You should know better than me. A short presentation.
1: Okay, a short presentation. I'm, uh, like you said, I'm Iris Slapendel. I'm um, 32 years old. I'm I'm a former professional rider. I was a pro cyclist for 12 years. I was the Dutch national road champion in 2014, something I'm um, very proud of so i need to mention it and uh, yeah, yeah, and um, i'm also educated as a, a product uh, designer i retired at the end of 2016 my last year i raced in the uh, united states with united healthcare but uh, i've raced over uh, a few different teams in uh, in europe as well during my career uh, like Cervelo test team and rabobank live for example Yeah, since I've retired, I've started my own design company and I have my own brand. That's called Iris. I ride in style. Um, I do also some freelance design projects and um, I'm a sport director of a men's continental team this year. It's a a Rotterdam based uh, team. Um, But we are talking today a bit more over this other passion of me and that's the Cyclist Alliance. It's... um, it's an uh, association um, for women professional cyclists. We found it like the end of last year. So just, just before Christmas, actually. But it's a project we've worked on, uh, me together with some other people for for the whole of 2017, actually. So it's it's not like, for me, it's not super new, but it's quite new that it's like, here in the world.
0: <laughs> Great. Yeah, you kicked off straight away the topic that is going to be the main topic for us today. That is the Cyclist Alliance and in particular um, development and trying to get safe about women cycling. So tell us a bit more about the Cyclist Alliance. What is it? And basically, uh, when did you feel the need on kicking off as a project like this?
1: Okay, well, I will start with... With the need. And I think, um, I experienced, uh, I experienced the need for, um, for some kind of support or help, um, during my career already. Like I said, I've been a pro for 12 years and most of the, most of the years I've been lucky to be part of like very well-run teams. There, there are always, there's always been some, some small, small issues during my career. Um, sometimes maybe a bigger one. And it, but it was actually at the end of more at the end of my career that I started realizing that some things we were just very much in lack of support. And especially in, in 2015 when I uh, was elected by the riders to be the rider representative in the UC Athletes Commission, then I got questions uh, from many riders with with an ask for help on different topics. And then I realized that there are so many things going wrong. And I felt really that the riders missed, uh, missed support. So I started looking for other people who could help me with realizing that support. And um, I came to talk with Carmen Small, who's been also a, a former t- teammate of me. And Gracie Alvin, who is quite smart and outspoken uh, rider she's still racing for orica uh, mitchelton mm-hmm. and uh i've also talked a lot with mariana voss actually so i need to mention that she's been um, a, a big support in the whole process and some other uh advisors and um so yeah we um i think i can say that the alliance is formed out of a passion for our sport but also uh, a collective amount of experience and we started with just small conversations about what's happening now. What are the current issues? And that turned out into many big ideas. And I think the, the focus of the Cyclist Alliance is also not to complain about, you know, things that we don't have, but it's really looking for opportunities that we can create ourselves for the future with the riders and, um, yeah, to to really share share the, the excitement because there is a lot of progress in women's cycling and there is a lot of uh, potential and we want to make women's cycling the biggest sport in the world and that's our aim. And, um, but yeah, we, we really need to riders to be uh part of it. And that's also necessary. And uh, we want to we represent them uh, in a very true way. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, and what I can add is that f- for now the cyclist alliance we say we will represent the economic, competitive and the personal interest of all professional women cycling. We yep. want impro- we want improve their career and economic opportunities, advocate for fairness and equality in their treatment and we provide assistance and that's mostly right what we do now like providing assistance in all times types of disputes and we want to uh, provide uh, unconditional support to riders, both uh, during, but especially also after their pro cycling careers, and because that's a big concern of the riders. And we want to elevate the appeal and popularity of professional women's cycling. And um, so, yeah, like I say, it's, I think it's the whole, it's a lot, but um, yeah, you have to aim high, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the point. Talking about numbers, uh, which one roughly is the percentage of cyclists that are part of the cyclist alliance
1: well um we started yeah yeah i well i i have an idea i'm not in 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 charge on uh on the members section but mm-hmm. uh, i have an idea and i think what we've done last year as actually that is the and i think that's very unique unique about our uh alliance is that yeah we started from a, a like a common a passion but we've really started with a survey. So we sent out a survey to all the UCI women riders, uh, which just over 400 riders, um, to really uh, gather information and to see what is the, yeah, what are their needs and what are the the things that are on the minds of the riders? What are their priorities? That's like the base of our alliance. And uh, I think it's great we have that connection with the riders so we, we can send out surveys Uh, regularly and that's for me very important because i think in that way we can really represent truly represent the riders talking to about numbers we send that survey to just over 400 riders we've got 330 unique responses so in two surveys so that's really huge yeah um and then we said se- uh, we started working on our uh, mission and objectives we set up a closed facebook page we have 175 members on the closed facebook page and then we have the the members that can and uh, now we've launched we have our website so that's since a few weeks and the the uci riders can become a member i think now we have around 40 to 50 riders that are a member. So yeah, that's really just over 10% of the peloton. Yes. And I would say, I would say these are the early adapters. <laughs> so <laughs> these are the he, these are the riders that see the um, see the bigger picture. So they they realize that hey we can only ha- we can only change something in women's cycling if we are if we do it together. Um, and then there are a few riders that really needed like immediate help, and they they've become a member as well. Um, so yeah, I I think this is all really really promising, and I think the the numbers of true members through through our uh, membership uh, system will ar- rise during the season. But I also noticed that um, we really need to talk like in person with the riders yes. and explain explain really the idea behind it and what we can help them with and all those things so yeah.
0: yeah yeah i can help you a bit actually my audience can help you a bit just listening to your voice and maybe pointing out on the presence of yourself for the secret alliance over there but yeah i believe that at the end of the day uh, yes, just speaking with people or whatever, you can actually show yourself and what you can do to the women's peloton. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, we were talking about your survey. And uh, so you ask actually to the riders themselves, which one are the gay- great problems. And then you built up the objectives or whatever myself by reading the objectives that I can find on your website. Um, I Actually, that anyways, I'm going to link in the description. Uh, I would actually recognize two big, themes that could be actually a starting point for representing women cycling inside of the peloton on the politics and whatever the two main topics the two main areas uh, i would recognize with safety on one side and money and salaries on the other side maybe we can talk about these two topics so talking about safety i saw that in your objectives there is something written something like we will make racing safer on the road now my main question is: I believe I know that there is also a union inside of the male peloton, but here let's talk about the female peloton. Do you really think, and actually, do you think that, and do you, did you see a difference on safety between the woman, yeah, the women's side of cycling and the men one, or you think that the all, um, yeah, the all uh, level of, uh, of safety? should be increased for the both of the pelotons for the old cyclists? Um,
1: yeah I, I think I think the safety is a is a big topic for uh, in, in men's cycling as well as in women's cycling. Uh, and I think this is specifically some something that we can work on together with men cycling. For example, um, the the ANA PRC, the North American Riders Association, they have uh, introduced the minimum uh, safety standards okay. like like the three kilometer rule uh, the cpa took over their advice and 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 the, the uci now as well so they enforce those uh, minimum standards uh i think that that's that i think those are really uh and for example also the bad weather protocol so in in some races that's um applied to for for women's races as well but i think yeah like when you talk about uh, all this uh, the, the the bad weather protocol uh, the safety on the courses uh disc brakes that 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 is very common issues with men's cycling mm-hmm. um but then um on the other side there is there are some things that I think that uh, that are very um, maybe more specific I would say it's more specific for women' cycling but uh, on 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 the same time these are also things that will probably happen in mens cycling like in all sport like when you're talking about sexism or abuse um you know and I think that's um yeah that that's that's a thing that happens in uh in in all um in on all sides of of professional sports but yeah maybe a little I'm afraid it's it's a little bit more in in women's cycling and I think for us we're we're cl- more close to the riders or like Gracie's still rider herself it's it's I've noticed in the in the last uh year yeah it's it's easier for for riders to to uh, contact us in case of you know if they worry about certain things then uh to contact the UCI or for example uh the CPA or, you know, uh, another um, organization where they, they, they don't have any uh, affiliation with. So
0: okay yeah yeah yeah. i can see the point actually i would like to to ask you maybe a deeper question just to you to answer me when you're talking about abuse or sexism how actually what's going on over there you think that actually it's something more about i don't know tv and whatever that is showing cycling in a certain way what happens over there which one are the uh, sexist cases or abuse that are happening
1: i think i'm i'm not really talking about uh sexualizing the sport of course that happens uh of course it happens but i think that that is not so much that personally touches uh the rider i hope because i would think yeah that happens you just you know you you think oh whatever you you sexist man <laughs> if you want to yeah. look at sports like that, that that's okay that's yeah you know do it but um uh and and it's up to what uh, to the riders to show you know to sh- to truly show their sport and to sh- to show they're really professional and they're not about you know uh, looks or whatever but they're really about um, racing and uh, making a making an athletic uh, achievement and I think that is that is what most female riders do mm-hmm. so I'm I, I'm if I see riders on like um, pro riders on social media I think they're all <clears throat> very good in promoting their sport in a in a in a truly like i would say athletic way and not in a a, they're not placing themselves in a sexist uh thing yeah i don't know how to explain it anyway i i think it's 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 mostly like uh, situations within teams um or uh in 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 federations so it's like um i don't want to give uh like true examples yeah. of course but there's but there's always uh something like okay riders so badly want to be part of a UCI team that they 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 take quite a lot i think examples of working conditions that would not be happening in any um normal working environment but apparently if you're talking about pro sports it is possible, mm-hmm. you know, uh, blackmailing, fat shaming. Okay. Um, I see the most crazy contracts coming by that riders have signed, but but also like yeah, if you if you don't do uh, don't do this, you don't race there or you know that, that kind of, uh, of, of of small things. So riders take a lot to be part of a, a UCI team and to to raise and i think it's a big task for us to educate educate writers like what what their rights are and in case if the, if they think like hey is this really is this really appropriate appropriate or sh- should i agree on this then they can always contact us and and we can give them some advice but there is of course also many national federation have like a an ombudsman, or at a commission, or those kind of things, so we can also forward them to professional people who can uh, who can help them. But um, yeah, so I think that's um, that's another safety uh, thing that I that I see like within teams, and that's also one of our uh, one of our objectives to to change the that ethical working conditions within teams, and that is has everything to do with a professional mentality and a professional setup of a team working with professionals uh, because if it's always um, you know someone's friend or parent or brother who is helping out as a bike mechanic or a soigneur and they're all working for free like yeah what can you ask what can you ask from those people huh so it's um i i think there should be uh, more regulations in place when it comes to uh to team staffing and um to give you you know i i don't want to worry any listener listener we have we have 45 uci teams at the moment and and i would say the top teams are are very well organized it's the most problems are of course like in the lower half of the of the uci teams but anyway, they are they are a UCI team, and I think every rider should have their rights and should have a safe environment to uh, to do their sports. Yeah,
0: also because we are talking here about professional teams anyways, okay, maybe somebody with more money, somebody with less, anyways, the standards should be the same for everybody.
1: Yeah, or, or you should divide and you should say, okay, maybe from those 45 teams, half of them are not professional. Yeah, the that that's a, that's also a, a possibility or a opinion of of many i think but then then we should divide them because now you have riders that are full pro in a very professional environment racing against girls that are you know in the same league but um, still working maybe a 30 40 hour job or uh, they have to drive themselves from uh, from the south of Italy to the north of the Netherlands mm. to race that weekend, you know. So the th- 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 the disparity is huge within women's cycling right now.
0: Yeah, so this actually uh, introduces, without any problem, the second side of uh, the problems over there, that is the money salary thing. You were explaining super clearly that there are some teams that are making, so they are paying their team members fairly to allow them to make only that one as a job. On the other side, there are also cyclists that are actually doing it as, uh, I don't know, on the side, as a side project. So working 40 hours a week, plus training, plus going in the weekend from one side to the other of Europe to ride against these professionals, a hundred percent professional on the other side. Everything goes in the direction of the salary itself. How can you see two things on this point? One is, there are really, really huge differences on, uh, in general, on, on men peloton salaries and women. And the second question is, having introducing only a minimum salary, is it enough? Or is also your task to try to get on board more uh, TV coverage and uh, sponsor visibility and whatever to get to everybody at least a perfect... Wealthy solution in terms of salaries.
1: Yeah, I can give you a quite uh, not not so direct answer on this question. I think first of, first of all, when you talk about the difference between the salary of men and women, yes, mm-hmm. of course, it's huge. the the min- the minimum salary in a pro tour team is uh, thirty six thousand euros a year. Uh, pro Conti is okay. thirty two thousand a year. I think. Well, if you if we looked at our survey, half of the riders. Uh, of the women's peloton earn less than five thousand euros a year. There's only there's only been I think um just from my mind but I'm not sure I think there's only seventy percent that earns over twenty thousand euros a year, which is like a minimum salary in the Netherlands, for example.
0: So Yeah but there's not a minimum salary then in the women peloton.
1: No there is no minimum salary. And 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 actually I don't think that the, the 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 comparison with men's cycling is so interesting or important it is like I said before it's I see men's cycling actually as a different sport and they are and they are when it comes to salary they are way ahead of us but when it comes to other things I think men's cycling has some very big issues and women's cycling is just you know it's like a blank slate where we it's a very young sport. It has like huge potential. It's it has beautiful, smart athletes. So uh, we should build our own sport and not compare with the men. Don't try to be similar as men cycling. Don't make the same mistakes as men cycling. Eh? Also, so there is a there is a opportunity. Um, I think what worries me more is the is the big difference within women cycling. So like I said before, that you have. Truly professional riders racing actually against amateurs, although, with all respect, they feel like professional cyclists. Also, the girls that have like a second job, so, but I think that is it is more important to uh to work on those uh, differences within women cycling, and uh, a minimum salary would be great, but. I have to say, when when you would introduce a true minimum salary, for example, 20,000 euros a year, that not many teams will be able to pay that. So many teams will disappear. Uh, or you get like this whole Wild West thing going on that riders have to pay back their own salary or breath to bring in sponsors. I don't know. I don't think we want to see that happening. So I think it's, uh, or we should, or they sh- should um, settle a very low minimum salary but yeah maybe that's it's a bit strange to 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 get to to have a minimum salary for example like like uh, 100 euros a month it's is not a salary but you know it could it could change a little bit for the riders and th- this is also why why the cyclist alliance is is, is an important step in the, making women cycling more professional because now the riders have organized the teams are organizing as well so they're working on a teams association and that's already, we're only here for a, a month, but this is already a big win because if the teams will organize, then we can go sit together on a table and then we can talk about maybe a minimum salary and we can we can make a, a joint agreement, you know, for a joint uh, or a bargaining agreement about um, what is realistic. Um, but for the riders, actually, that, that is also one of the results of the survey, that minimum salary is not the most important. It's those minimum working conditions. You know, it's great if you have a salary, but it's way more important that the team pays for your expenses, for your medical expenses, for your insurance, for your um, equipment, for your uh, traveling, you know, that, uh, that you have professional staff members in your team. All those, all those things around it, that, that makes it possible to ha- to perform in, in a professional and safe way, that's way more important than, than that minimum salary. And I think if those minimum working conditions are in place and the teams have set up their teams association, and then we can start talking about a minimum salary and probably the UCI will introduce... In one or two years, a two-tier system for races, uh, but also for uh, off for races, it's it you have already World Tour and point one and point two races. But in teams, they will probably also become a two-tier system. For example, like the men's have Pro Tour mm-hmm. and Pro Conti, something similar will probably be in place for women's cycling. And then you can say, okay, maybe maybe those World Tour teams uh, can make a minimum salary, and the other teams will focus more on development but they have all the minimum working conditions in place because that's the most important for a development rider um that's more the way i see it and and if we can create this uh this this more professional sport um then we can also have i think it's also better to to invest money maybe even the teams have to invest some money themselves into um yeah into media exposure and you know together we can elevate then the the profile of women cycling you know more sponsors can come in and and uh, it will be realistic to say maybe every year we're gonna raise that minimum salary and uh, in in maybe five or ten years we have a like a true uh, true minimum salary i i think that is a more uh, realistic and um and, and more constructive, or I should say, sustainable uh, system for women's yeah. cycling.
0: Now I can see your, thanks a lot for your answer. I can see actually your strategy, your tactic, way more clearly. So try to give to everybody the same working, cycling condition to have a, a level of professional, an higher level of professional cycling, not because of the person of the rider themselves, but because of the team, and because of the possibility that are given. To the cyclists and then after it yeah. the level is yeah. going to increase the the teams are going to invest a bit more and they're going to acquire more sponsors and everybody's going to acquire more visibility from tv and media and everything can still raise the bar every year more pretty pretty clear and uh, understandable it was a bit actually at the beginning of our chat it was um, Not so clear. That's why I wanted to uh, interview you, but now it's pretty clear. It's not only about, okay, just get more money in any way we can do, but it's raise the bar of professionality and from then everything will come down in the snowball effect.
1: On that note, I think it's also important to address that, again, going back to this women's cycling is still a clean slate and it has a lot of potential. The potential is maybe not in um, the current cycling fans or men cycling fans i think there's a whole other group of people out there that that can become a fan of uh women's cycling actually i hate to you to use the word women cycling all the time because it's just cycling but that's <laughs> that's uh, another topic so uh, but i think there's a whole new group of uh of, of 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 different fans that we can reach out to uh i think the average watcher of the tour de france is 60 years old so you know that isn't that is not interesting uh fact for a for a sponsor but um like we had this little chat before uh, we started the podcast and you talked about your your girlfriend and uh, and the, the lack of women on group rides i think um you know women cyclists are all role models they can all be they can all inspire I don't know, your girlfriend, but also the friend of your girlfriend or anyone else who's maybe not even interested in cycling at all, but who can think, wow, this Mariana Vos or this Lizzie Deignan, they're so cool. They're so, they're strong. I want my daughter to be like one of them, you know, and that's, um, uh, I think that that's, that's a different way of, of, uh, of looking at your athletes. And, uh, I, yeah I, I think that's really the strength of uh, of maybe women's sport in general.
0: Yes. Try to involve more people on enjoying the sport that we love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see the point. Um just another small thing about the possible development uh of yeah the female the women peloton is uh, I was reading also in the objects about a better presence of yeah of women cycling inside of the political side of uh, of cycling itself so my question is how is actually uh, how are cyclists themselves represented into the professional cycling council
1: well they're not because the professional cycling council is a group of stakeholders of men's professional cycling so yeah that's, uh, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. And uh, no, there, I think there's no one uh, in the PCC that's uh, putting their uh, hand on the table for uh, for women cycling. So, but uh, you know, I, I think, and that's another maybe small victory that we have already. That as soon as we launched the alliance, and also before we've been in contact with the UCI, and I think. I think the UCI realize, realizes also that they need to uh, reform the UCI or or professional cycling and involve more and you know um, treat the women's part of cycling more equal. So I don't know. I we are really trying to get not one but more seats in the PCC because if you just have one seat in the PCC, it doesn't kind of make a difference. But maybe there there should be we should have our own PCC you know that's also a possibility um, yeah. and I think also if you look ahead to the UCI management committee and actually most committees uh, I've been part of the road commission in the last two years uh, well there was only one other woman on the road commission there's only one woman Tracy Godry in the management committee so Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done uh,
0: here. Okay, okay. But just put on one side for the rest of our conversation, let's say um, the things that can be, the challenges that you are facing and just move for one second and for the last two questions on the bright side. Which (laughs) one are the difference and how did you see the development of women cycling in the last years what did you see that was improving a lot and what actually you are happy to be part of this group of women cycling that yeah what makes you actually proud of being there which cool development did you see in the last years of the women peloton
1: well i'm i'm anyway super positive about women cycling and also about this project and you know like i said before this is not a, this is not the alliance is not to complain about things that go wrong it's really to work for the future and you know i've been part of the peloton for 12 years and i look back with almost all really good memories and um and it's also this is also maybe my my thing of doing something back for all those amazing years I, I had as you know as a rider and being part of the Peloton. It's a it's a great group and uh of, of of women and I'm still in contact with many of the of them. Um so yeah, it's been a special time and if I if you know, if I look back to when I've started cycling and now I think a big improvement is is in the depth of the field. So when I when I started, there was just maybe one or two girls who could win a race uh, at the start line, who you knew. And now I I think there is like five or ten, and some races even even more. Uh, it the racing has become much more attractive. Uh, so yeah, the depth of the field is is uh, one thing. I think there are a lot more professionally organized races. So we lost quite a few races over the years, but there are also uh, have become some new races part of the women's calendar that are very uh, professionally professionally set up. Um, the the top teams um, have stepped up, so I think there's <clears throat> in the top teams a better salary, a better working environment. Uh, there's uh, some teams have uh, an equal team with uh, with the men's team. Um, so I think yeah, the, the, the there's definitely improvement in teams. Uh, and maybe the biggest improvement is that women's cycling has just been taken much more seriously by everyone. So, uh, you know, you are you're, you're um, you think already it's so cool that you want to spend uh, many podcasts just on the topic of women's cycling. And that's probably not because you think they're all so pretty, but you think it's a really cool sport with very uh, interesting characters. And I think, uh, yeah, the World Championships... Um, over the past few years have all been live, live on television and they were all great racing. Um, so there is more respect, I think, from our male colleagues, uh, from from the fans, from, from the cycling world in general. So, um, and that's, that's really, the credits are for the riders themselves because that's what they achieved.
0: Yeah. If I can add something on this, actually, you were mentioning the fact that I want, I really, I'm really focusing a lot on my podcast on uh, women's cycling. You know, which one is one of the main reasons? It's just because I find that people uh, yeah, the cycle, the, the people part of the on the cyclist itself in the women's cycling, they are pretty more real and tangible And they have stronger um, personality and character. And that's meant also because, okay, not only watching at the races or whatever, but for example, uh, something like uh, uh, Vox Women is the name of the, the media that is over there, is website with news or whatever. You can see really people, real cyclists, writing for them and creating content for them. And another thing that I actually noticed as well, there is a lot of focus because uh, people that are there are really passionate about cycling because who is inside of the Women Peloton is not only there because it's a lot of money, it could be a professional career, whatever, but because they really like cycling itself. And on the other side, they're really, really passionate. You can feel the passion a bit more than on the other side. I find it's really more, uh, let's say, engaging, engaging on yeah. following it. Yeah. And on the other side, I also can see that, yeah, this is actually a huge development that is going on, while on the men cycling, it's a bit, everything a bit more established, it's a bit more stable. And I prefer mm. to have always a, a look on something that is developing is developing good there is a lot of enthusiasm and happiness also yeah. in the, your sport I, to,
1: I totally agree with you and i think it's good like you say there are very many in there are many very interesting writers with a with a cool story and it's and it's good that you know we get those stories out there and it's good like fox women writers uh take their take it up to themselves to get to get their story out there. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that's being part of that role model, you know, what I just talked about. So yeah, I'm happy, um, uh, media is picking that up
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really love it and on the other side uh, it's difficult for me to see something uh, that I don't share actually from women cycling and uh, something that is always disappointing is happening all the time actually on the men's side and I'm not gonna go in details on it but it happens also this week watching on something of the main peloton and I uh, would say really we are in 2018 not anymore in yeah. the 82. Yeah. But moving yeah. on and let's continue going on the bright side. Actually, uh, what do you see for the middle future on your job, actually, on uh, on your tasks on the Cyclist Alliance and uh, the biggest development that you can see change that you can see in the next, yeah, in the middle future inside of the women peloton?
1: Our first goal is to provide a voice for every women in professional cycling right now and for the future. And um, we want to improve their career opportunities. Um, it's it's a physically very demanding sport. We want to increase the power of, of the athletes with, um, and to share that with the other stakeholders in, in women's professional cycling. Like we've just briefly talked before. I think for now, it's, it's a big achi- achievement. And that's really what I hope by the end of the year that every rider is so confident that they know, well, I'm not alone. I have this team of the TCA that's backing me up always i can always count on count on them uh, i don't have to settle for less and i think that i hope that kind of confidence will um is something that they can express and they can feel it's it's just you know it's it's it's, it's an emotion maybe maybe but um, um i think that could be could be very important for the writers um, by the by the end of this year, I really hope that the teams have set up an uh, an teams association. Okay. That would really be uh, a huge uh, step. We're uh, at the moment we're um, already discussing um, with the UCI to to set better um, minimum working conditions. So we're we're already involved uh, in this process. Um, so. You know when there's a team th- when 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 we can work on we can set out a like um, um, a pathway for for the future with the UCI and with the teams how we can really improve those um, those working conditions and and think about a minimum salary. I think that would be already one really huge step. Another thing that we are very um, passionate about is a a mentorship program that we've developed and we're in the in the process of um, finalizing that and we want to um we want to connect a young rider with an experienced rider so the experienced rider can mentor the young rider because you know there is no school of becoming a women's a professional cycling and i i know from the time that i was a starting as an 18 year old i had really no clue and my my own teammates weren't always that supportive in in teaching me stuff so it's sometimes easier to have a mentor i think from a different team that is um can help you with you know when it comes to racing and training but also when it comes to things uh, around teams or contracts or negotiations because you know almost no rider has a as a mentor as a manager and then uh what we can do with the experienced writer, we can link her to a mentor like in 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 business or we can give her credit credit for example that she can use to to do the um, to do um, a sport director course or a course or i don't know a photography course whatever uh, mm-hmm. partnership we can find so this is what was one of the main concerns for the um, for the riders is the after career. And I think in this way, we can we can set up a really nice program that can uh, truly make a difference in the in the careers of, uh, of young as well as riders who are like facing the end of their career. So that's um, that's something where we really want to focus on also in the coming year.
0: Yeah, I can see the point. I think that we have to cut a bit. The conversation is already almost 50 minutes recording. But actually, I want to ask you for a promise next time. We need to talk again, but we need to focus a bit more about it is herself because I would love to talk with you also about your creative side not only about the organization I think it was an amazing conversation I think that we needed to to talk about it also because it I felt that actually like actually I was not focusing so much on the real problems on women's cycling I was just trying to spread around the great characters that are there inside but didn't Really understand the real essence over there, and today I think that we talked yeah. a lot about it. And my, now, for sure, my ideas are pretty clear, and I hope also the ideas of the people that out there listening to us. But next time, really, let's talk again in another, I don't know one month, a couple of weeks, and then let's talk only about yourself, your cycling life right now, and your creative mm-hmm. side. Please, same, yes, okay.
1: Okay, that's, that's uh, of course, it was, um, it's a pleasure talking to you, so uh, we, we, can, we can make a, a next appointment and, uh, and uh, you know, I hope I can uh, give you a very positive update also about the uh, Cyclist Alliance in, uh, in a few months with, with things we've already achieved. So, yeah, we're working hard on this side, so there's not there's not much riding involved at the moment actually <laughs> here, so I don't know, that's, that's, uh, that on that topic I can be very
0: short. Okay. I don't think so, it is. <laughs> but yeah, thanks a lot, it is really, it was a really, really great pleasure to talk with you. It was a lovely morning. I'm here at the second coffee and having this second coffee with you, it was a great thing for me Friday morning. Thanks a lot.
1: Well, you're, you're welcome. So <laughs> it was a pleasure to
0: be here. Perfect. Just for all the audience outside, these <laughs> are not going to cut. There just was a gap of something like... 25 seconds where we could, could not hear each other anymore and i was thinking maybe she's pissed <laughs> because i said something that i didn't have to say no it is his piece but no it was the connection
1: <laughs> it was the connection yeah Perfect. no problem we're not so far away <laughs> okay. but still.
0: Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah okay thanks a lot then and yeah talk to you soon then to you next time okay
1: thank you
0: and thanks a lot it is for our chat as i was saying we are gonna talk again soon on this platform but for now I have to cut so thanks everybody to listen to me thanks to my sponsors Wahoo and Isador and thank you guys for contacting me always super super consistently hello at calamaro.cc that's my email my new Instagram account instagram.com slash calamarocc and twitter twitter.com slash calamaro remember push on the subscribe button if you want to listen my voice every week. I will talk to you next week with a Tip Top Tuesday episode. Bye!